morning. And welcome to the worship services of Grace United Methodist Church on this brisk Sunday morning. We're glad you're here. We're continuing our ministries to the people that are not able to make it to our services. We, we know we have a very strong online presence. We welcome all of you who have joined us online. We welcome you to come and commune with us at, at a regular worship service. We meet at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings here at 14 Harvestson Boulevard in Columbia, South Carolina. And we welcome all who come to praise the risen Christ. Thank you for being with us this morning. We are continuing our online ministries. The pastor is, is producing a, a devotion every weekday at 3 o'clock. We're also sending out an email every day with different emphasis for during the week. If you're not receiving those emails and you'd like to, if you'll let us know, if you call the church office or let the pastor know, we'll get your email address added to that list. We'll make sure that you know what's going on here at Grace. We do have a trustees meeting that was rescheduled from last week. It's being held tomorrow at 7 o'clock here at the church. We also will be taking down the, the wreaths, all the Advent and Christmas decorations. We'll be taking them down Tuesday at 6.30 if you'd like to come and help us with that. Many, many hands makes for light work. If you were able to come and help us, we, we do have a number of devoted people that always come to that. And if you'd like to come help us, we'll be here Tuesday at 6.30. We also want to remind you that we are having our adult Sunday school classes meeting now. One meets at 9 o'clock. That's the one before the service. And then we have a small group discussion that meets after the service where we get to critique the, the pastor's sermon and have him give us background on that. If you're not able to make it to the early Sunday school, if you'd like to come to that, it starts about 11, 11.15, and we meet over in the fellowship hall, and all are welcome to come to that. We do thank all of you who went, were able to go downtown this morning to the shared ministry that we have at Trinity, feeding the hungry and homeless of Columbia. I understand we fed over 130 people this morning, 160, David's saying. It actually went up to 160. Those are people that are, that are out in the cold and need our help, and Grace and other churches have responded to that need, and, and we thank all of you who are able to do that. That is a ministry that's the first Sunday of every month, and if you'd like to get involved with that, just let us know and we get you hooked up with those people that take care of that for us. Are there any other email, <laughs> email, any other <laughs> messages, email messages, any other messages and, and notices need to be brought before the church this morning? Well, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us prepare our hearts, our minds, and our spirits for worship.
let's pray. O God of light and peace, whose glory shining in the child of Bethlehem still draws the nations to yourself, dispel the darkness that shrouds our path, that we may come to kneel before Christ in true worship, offer him our hearts and souls, and return from his presence to live as he taught. Amen. Our opening hymn this morning is Morning Has Broken. Let's stand and sing together. We say a special word of welcome and good morning to the children worshiping with us to this day. We're glad to have you here in person and at home if you're worshiping with your families over uh, the streaming uh, service. We're glad that you're a part of our worship uh, in any way. And so this morning is Epiphany Sunday, the Sunday that we are celebrating the Epiphany. Epiphany Day was yesterday. Um, it's always 12 days after Christmas, which puts it on January 6th, no matter the year, every time. It's always January 6th. Uh, and Epiphany and Epiphany Sunday are the times when we celebrate and remember the Magi coming to see Jesus as the newborn king, as the new Christ, the new Messiah, the new king of Israel. And so this morning, uh, we have the last uh, editions of our nativity, because uh, this is the end of the Christmas season. Epiphany is the end of it. We're, I know already in January, some of you have gone back to school, and it doesn't feel like Christmas is still happening, maybe, but this is the end of it, really, is our day today. We got one more 
um, so that all three of the gifts can be represented there. They're on this side of the altar because in my brain that makes sense because they came from the east, and that's kind of the east. Um, but anyway, um, that's way too much church nerd probably for everybody else. Um, we have three of the Magi uh, because we're told in the story that they brought three gifts. But we really don't know how many there were, uh, only that they brought the three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And all three of those gifts were gifts that were reserved for royalty, for kings. I mean, you wouldn't just give gold to a common person. Uh, if you were a magi, a wise man, a, a king from another land, you wouldn't have brought gold, you wouldn't have brought frankincense or myrrh. In fact, frankincense and myrrh are listed in the Old Testament as uh, oils, like perfumed oils and then incense that's only used in the anointing of kings and prophets and messiahs and, and offerings to God. It's, it's those two things that we don't normally hear other, we know gold, everybody's got gold down, but frankincense and myrrh, they had a special place in the life of the people of God and they were reserved pretty much only for the anointing of kings and, and important big uh, people who had been lifted up by God for leadership. And so when these magi from a whole different country come and they show up with these gifts, it is a hint to us of how important and special Jesus is, not just for the people of Israel, but for the whole world. Because these three magi came from outside the people of God, outside the land of Israel, to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. And so this is a great and special celebration day, and we're going to hear more about Epiphany and what that means and what it means that the magi have come to recognize the Christ child. But let's go to God in prayer this morning. Almighty God, we... Thank you for the gift of Jesus, for his presence and life in our life. Like the Magi, we hope that we can offer ourselves, our lives, some recognition of the importance that Jesus has for us and for all the world. Help us to look for the opportunities to tell the good news, to give of ourselves, to show the world how important Jesus is. Amen. This morning, as we continue in worship and uh, go to God in prayer, I want to remind you that if you have prayer concerns you want to share with the church in worship or through the prayer concerns list in the bulletin or our prayer email on Thursdays, you can email me at pastor at gracecolumbia.org. You can also call or text me uh, during the week. Um, you can catch me on Sunday mornings, but that is a dangerous game to play um, because my memory from one thing to another on Sunday mornings is not always the greatest. So if you tell me something on Sunday, make sure I write it down. Um, you can look at me dead in the eyes and say, Pastor, write this down, um, and we'll figure out where that's going to be and how we're going to do it. Um, because I don't want to forget, I want to make sure that we're praying for one another and that we have a chance uh, to, to be in prayer together, not just on Sundays, but all throughout the week. So um, any prayer concerns, please do let us know. Let's go to God in prayer. We are incredibly stubborn, O oh Lord. 
We've entered the season in which your light has been given to the world. Your blessings have been poured out on the world. And yet all we can think about is our own problems, our own needs, our own desires. Help us to desire you, Lord. Help us to yearn for your presence. Pour your baptismal waters over us again. Cleanse us from our self-pity and arrogance. Nourish and heal us so that we may joyfully serve you. Wash away our jealousy, greed, and all negative thoughts and behaviors that stand in the way of our truly being the people you have called us to be. Again, let us receive the blessings offered in creation, in the birth and baptism of Jesus, and in the ministry of the saints of light. This day, as we come to you in prayer, O God, we lift our community, our world, our family and friends. We pray especially for Steve and Jody Webster, for George and Alina Fox, for Kitty Fashing as she broke her kneecap on Christmas Eve, for Darlene Simpson, for Wade Thompson, for Judith Dolce, for Philip and Carolyn Gwynn, for Yvette Herring as she prepares for surgery this coming Tuesday, and for Tom and Rich as they both have the flu. For Joyce and Daryl Sweeney, for Cece as she travels back to the U.S., for Keisha Scott as her husband is currently hospitalized in Spartanburg, and for Felicia Presley as she finds out more about uh, back pain and associated problems with uh, her back. For Robert Riger, for Teresa Hinky, for Jenny Hinky, for all the members of Grace and their families, for all those on our prayer concerns list, for a return to love, equality, acceptance, and social justice, for those prayer concerns that go unspoken on our hearts. The love of God is always offered to us. Freely, joyfully, for all eternity. Rejoice, dear friends. This is the good news of God. We ask all this that we have prayed in Jesus' name and continue to pray as he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen.
who are able, please stand for the reading of the scripture lesson. The reading today is taken from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod, Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the, when they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So in our passage today, there are two pretty strong competing motivations happening simultaneously, right together with one another, kind of uh, running throughout the whole of this story of the Magi, and they're coming to see Jesus. First, in terms of motivations, is the announcement, recognition, and adoration of the Messiah by the Magi. They call him King, uh, but King and Messiah and Christ all have roughly the same connotation in Greek and Hebrew. It's an anointed person, someone who's anointed for a specific leadership role and task. And so they come looking for the King who is also Messiah, the anointed one. And they bring the anointing fragrance of myrrh for the journey, for a gift. Their intent and rationale is on full display throughout the passage from the moment they set out on the journey to when they arrive in Jerusalem and just kind of innocently ask, hey, where's the newborn king? Here in Jerusalem, only to find out that Herod hasn't had a child. 
which poses a little bit of a problem. Um, And all the way until they make it to see Jesus and then go another way home to avoid having to report back in to Herod. And despite being Gentiles, their faithfulness to the mission and purpose of God is unwavering in this passage. They are those uh, exceptions in the Gospels that we're meant to pay attention to, those who are not a part of the people of God who still seem to get it about what Jesus is doing. But along with this first motivation, this motivation of the Magi to make sure that they find the Christ child, is a second motivation. The fearful clinging to power displayed by Herod and all those who benefited from the system which he leads and represents. Herod was one of those puppet kings of Rome. A Jew, yes, but someone propped up by the power of the emperor and let uh, to rule over his little fiefdom as long as he kept everybody paying taxes and in line with the Roman peace. And so when the Magi arrived in Jerusalem asking about the newborn king of the Jews, Herod was frightened, quaking, and all Jerusalem with him. Herod and his cronies were so wrapped up in the systems and status they enjoyed that they couldn't hear the good news of the birth of the Messiah as good news. All of them were Jews, Hebrew people who had been waiting on the Messiah. They'd been waiting on the descendant of David to come. And when they hear this word of good news from the wise men who've seen the star in the east that displayed the star in the sky, they came from the east, that displayed that the new king had been born, their reaction is fear and not joy and jubilation. They can't experience this good news as good news, much less have been tuned into its reality before the wise men arrived. They weren't even looking for it to know that it happened. Not only that, but they were so ignorant of what the prophecy about the Messiah was that they had to bring in all of their biblical experts to tell them where he was supposed to be born. When Herod finds out that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, he tries to send the Magi there secretly. He wants this new development kept 
quiet. He doesn't want a threat to his own power and the tenuous stability he maintains with the emperor in Rome. So he secretly calls for the wise men and gets them moving towards Bethlehem with the instruction to bring him confirmation of where the child is. All hush-hush, all keeping the news from spreading to the rest of the people in Jerusalem and surrounding area. But today is a day we call Epiphany. And there is no such thing as a secret Epiphany. Herod's designs on keeping this new revelation of divine power quiet all come to naught in the light of the Christ child. The Magi go and find Jesus. They acknowledge and pay him homage with their gifts. They don't take their new knowledge back to Herod. They go home another way. And their story becomes part of Christ's story that is told again and again. This is because an epiphany is a making known. That's what it means. If you have an epiphany, something has been made known to you. It's a disclosure of the truth in our midst that Christ is King, that Jesus is is the Son of God. It is the power of God's wisdom and attention put on display for all the world to see. No matter how hard Herod tried, the epiphany of Jesus could never be kept a secret. God was, is, and always will be disclosing this truth to the world. That Christ came and lived among us, died for us, and is raised as the first fruit of new creation for our sake. All of that is made known in the coming of the Magi to see Jesus. Wise men from the east, Gentiles, outsiders that see that the Savior is here. God's will and way made known in the child in Bethlehem. On Epiphany, it is good for us to remember the Magi. It's good for us to remember the story so that we can know and 
take into the world that the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a secret. The truth of the good news of the grace of God is not a secret and can never be kept secret. There is no secret knowledge to it. There's no version of our faith where you have to be a member before we'll tell you everything. No version where a full disclosure comes after you've signed on the dotted line. Whatever that might be. The epiphany of Jesus sheds the light of God's truth and wisdom on the whole of creation. It is not and cannot be kept a secret. Sometimes we fall into the trap of living as though the gospel is a secret. As though the good news of our faith is a secret. We don't do it on purpose most of the time, but we fail to tell people about the one who has saved us. We fail to live out the call that Christ has put on our lives to be good news in the world. And when we do so, it's as though we are trying not trying, but it is though we are keeping the gospel a secret, holding it to ourselves, not taking the opportunities that God puts in front of us to tell someone who might need to know that God loves them and that Jesus is the way that we can say that with all confidence. Sometimes, we get wrapped up in how much we think we know about what the Word of God says and how much we don't know. And then we get afraid to tell people about any of it. Like, well, I can't answer all their questions. Neither can I. But God can if we'll tell them that there's nothing secret about it. It might be hard to understand sometimes, but it's not a secret. There is no such thing as an epiphany secret. There's no such thing as a gospel secret. Herod found that out the hard way. He doesn't get to stay king very long after this. It's a different Herod later on. Uh, his son, um, you know, family business, I suppose. The good news of the gospel will be made known. And part of Epiphany Sunday, part of the story of the Magi, reminds us that we have a choice whether to be a part of the Epiphany of God or not. We choose, and we try to live our life according to that choice. We won't always get it right. Sometimes we'll be too afraid to speak up. Sometimes we'll be too intimidated to engage. 
Sometimes we'll just be too oblivious of what's going on around us to see the opportunity God is giving us. But another will come, and we'll get another chance. And we can commit ourselves to telling the good news that Christ is born, that Christ has lived and died and is raised for our sake once again. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's stand and affirm our faith using the Apostles' Creed. It's number 881 in the hymnal and will be on the screen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. This morning, as we prepare to give back to God out of all that God has so graciously given to us, just uh, a reminder that we have a number of giving options here at Grace. You can give online using a credit or debit debit card. Uh, You can set up an account or give as a guest. You can make a one-time gift either of those ways, or you can uh, make a recurring gift if you set up an account with us. If you brought your offering with you and didn't have a chance to place it in the offering plate as you arrived this morning, uh, you're invited to do so as you depart worship. Um, The offering plate is in the narthex, and so we'll be happy to receive your offering that way. If you need to mail an offering to the church or drop an offering off at the church office, you are uh, invited to do that, but please do let us know. Um, if you're going to do that, shoot, shoot an email to me or to the office account so that um, we can be sure to check the mailbox um, more frequently, especially if you're dropping an offering off after hours uh, so that we can retrieve it um, uh, as soon as possible. And uh, that helps us to, to be sure that your offering gets to where we want it to go. Um, which is inside the church, Um, and uh, that's just how that is. Um, This morning, uh, we want to say a big thank you to Zue, uh, who has been with us over these weeks of Advent and Christmas. Uh, This is her last Sunday as our substitute collaborative pianist, for a while at least, uh, as Cece is... uh, going to be making her way back this week, and but we are just so appreciative of all that you have done to lead us, to share your gift of uh, music with us, and to carry us through this season where we do a lot of music, um, and so uh, we are so grateful for you and for your time with us, so thank you. 
Now let's go to God in prayer this morning. Bright morning star, your light has come, and the birth of Jesus has overwhelmed us with joy. Like the Magi of long ago, may we be drawn to you and offer you such gifts as we are able. Amen. seated. This morning, we uh, get to come to the Lord's table to dine with Christ, to experience the presence of God in our midst, to experience the sacrament of Holy Communion together. We'll be doing the sung responses uh, on page 17 in the hymnal, and they'll be on the screen as well. But let's turn our attention to the great thanksgiving this day. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth or you had formed the earth, from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. in a star to guide wise men to where the Christ was born. And in your signs and witnesses in every age and through all the world, you have led your people from far places to his light. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, 
gave it to his disciples and said, Take and drink of this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. This is God's table. It's not Grace's table. It's not a United Methodist table. It's God's table. And all who want to come to God's table, who come in earnestness, who come in repentance and confession, who come ready to be at peace with one another and with God, are invited to God's table. As we take communion this day, we'll be taking by intinction. Uh, and so I'll have the bread and I'll offer you a piece of bread and say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. You'll take the piece of bread and dip it in the cup, and the steward with the cup will say, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. You can take time at the altar in prayer after you've had communion, uh, or you can take time in your seat at, in prayer. Uh, we will be singing as uh, our hymns um, during communion, so you can also sing as you come, sing as you uh, are in prayer after you've had communion. Uh, the choir will come first, so we won't sing until they get done. Um, just they help us to sing better. Um, so we'll, we'll wait on them on that part. And, uh, but you are invited to sing. Uh, on our first communion hymn, number 92, we'll use the refrain that's in italics that is for communion Sundays. So um, be prepared for that if you're following along in the hymnal, that the refrain will be that one that's in italics. Uh, in number 92. Um, if you are not currently comfortable uh, dipping your bread in the cup, you can take communion still um, in one kind, and the way you'll indicate that to us is just by crossing your arms after you've received the bread and moved to the communion steward with the cup. That way they know that you're not going to dip, and they'll still offer you the blessing of this is the blood of Christ shed for you. So um, you can take communion in one kind just by uh, indicating that way, and we will um, be prepared to offer you communion in that way. Uh, who's helping me with the cup this morning? Okay. There we go. You want to do the bread? Okay. There we go.
Let's stand. Our mission at Grace is to know Jesus and to make him known to us. Radiant morning star, you are both guidance and mystery. Visit our rest with disturbing dreams and our journeys with strange companions. Grace us with the hospitality to open our hearts and homes to visitors filled with unfamiliar wisdom, bearing profound and unusual gifts. Amen.